So what got you into advertisement? Because it sounds like you're very knee deep into music, mm -hmm. you know, more than anything. But you know, from what the homework I've done on you, it seems like you gain a lot of your success through advertisement. Am I correct? Well, advertising is just a slice of what it is that I've done. I think what it comes down to is I I I like to call it marketing because it's um it's more comprehensive mm -hmm. and advertising is just one of the tactics underneath the marketing umbrella. Got it. Okay. Um and in truth it's like um you know, advertising is a tool. All right, so here's a little knowledge. Mm -hmm. I um, I was sitting, going back to Mercury. Mm -hmm. I was sitting. The, I, I I had been to business school. I was a senior financial analyst for Capital Records. I was sitting there in the building when Hammer was selling a hundred thousand records a day. Mm -hmm. that, please, Hammer, don't hurt him out. Yeah. I got into marketing, I was sitting in marketing meetings, and I started hearing the same kind of things over and over again. But I wanted to be in marketing, so I just kind of had to, you know, buy my time. There were people there who were really intimidated mm. by the book knowledge I had and were trying to discredit whatever perspective I was bringing to the game by, um, basically, they tried to get me fired. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty ugly. Um, and because uh, I was sitting in meetings and I'd be like well you say you don't have budget to do this well why don't we go get a corporate partner to come in and you know we can do like a cross promotion and stuff like that and they were like oh no only big acts do that wow. the Rolling Stones and Aerosmith and I'm like no if I'm targeting that audience and they're targeting that audience why can't we do it together? Exactly. Just, just use their money. Yeah. And they were like, mm. so we actually put together something that was going to be really successful. It's going to run into the, uh, all the bodegas and in and, and schools and stuff in New York and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? That's New York talk, yeah. <laughs> and then we find out that this company, a soda company, was jacking their soda up with extra caffeine and extra sugar and it was causing the kids not to pay attention in school. And we're like, you know what, we don't want to be involved in that. Wow. Yeah, but That's it was deep. like, yeah, it was very deep. But mm -hmm. it was the beginning. It was also a lesson in corporate ethics. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we had to decide what it was that we were going to be about. Mm -hmm. And we did not want to be about, you know, black and brown kids in school not being able to get their education. Right. So we passed that up. But these kinds of things and wanting to do things that were non traditional were threatening to people. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh,. Even though I had, I, I rose very quickly through the ranks. I was an assistant. Within two years, I was a product manager. That was pretty much unheard of. Nice. But uh, and it was really cool. One of my first projects was Tony, 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 Sons of Soul. Mm -hmm. They gave me a million dollars, and I was just like, hey. in 1991, a million dollars to play with. Oh my lord! Actually, like... it was 93, but <laughs> still, it was still a million dollars. We blew that thing out. It was crazy. Yeah. I was just like. How did I get to drive this, uh, uh Shit. Oh, yeah, oil tanker, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just came from the tugboat to the oil tanker? Yeah, right. No, it was, it, it was, it was cool. I think that just, there was a certain trust there, but, um, by the time I, that was 93, by 96, I was director of marketing at A&M, and I was sitting, so I was one of three black people sitting in this room with 40 people having a marketing meeting every week, so I was able to see what we were doing on the urban side and what they were doing on the mainstream side, and it was a lot of the same things, 
and I just started thinking, well, how does all this fit together? And I came up with this ma this matrix that I use to this day that I call the six channels. Okay. Tell me about that. So the six channels are airplay, retail, publicity, video, consumer slash lifestyle, and the internet. Okay. Now remember, 1996, when I first put this whole thing together, the internet, not the internet itself, but the web, mm -hmm. was only two years old. It had only been invented in 94. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So it was very new. We didn't have social media yet. Right. But one of the things that we did have was, um, well, I mean, we had email, mm -hmm. and so the backbone was there mm -hmm. for, and 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 uh, it was the beginning of mobile and things of that nature. So needless to say, as things evolved, we learned that all the other five channels: airplay, retail, publicity, video, consumer lifestyle, were all inside the internet. Right. Right, right, inside yeah. the web. So, this is the framework that I, that, that I, how I approach projects mm -hmm. is under that framework because you don't, you don't win marketing um, with tactics. Mm. You win with strategy and with synergy. You okay. can't have, just, you can't just do one thing, like for instance, you just can't do a, uh, you know, focus on you know, increasing you know, your Spotify spins, Spotify streams. It's, in and of itself, that's not going to lead you to success. Right. What we've learned, for example, is within a social media context, is that video is 70% more engaging than still images. Right. So text, still images, video. Mm -hmm. So if you really want to engage an audience, you have to do video. Now, I remember when YouTube came online in 2007, mm -hmm. everyone's like, oh, goodbye to MTV, BT, and it doesn't matter, Those are, they're, they're dead, We're not, people don't want to sit around and wait for videos if they can get it on demand. Well, this yeah. is true, right? Mm -hmm. So people had been spending 300, half a million, a million dollars on videos and stuff like that because mm -hmm. the national broadcast outlets where, pe where people would go and park themselves in front of and watch or even in some of the big cities, like in New York, we had the box. Mm -hmm. We used to call the videos up on the box, yeah. like the jukebox. three numbers. Yeah, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And um, so the video budgets were slashed because video's not important, right? People are looking at it on YouTube. Well, not the video budgets are back the way they used to be, but now that people understand and the analytics show how more effective video is in terms of catching the consumer's attention, yeah, yeah, yeah. now you know that the airplay piece of it and the video piece of it have to marry. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's a perfect example of how, how you can't get away with just putting that, here's my SoundCloud stream. People and. want and, and, <laughs> yeah. right? Okay? So you have to have video in order to get to a consumer's attention. Um, so, in formulating a marketing plan, you have to make sure that your plan is taking your marketing message and driving it out across multiple channels. You may not be able to afford to be able to do all six channels, and in truth, when we talk about airplay, and the research shows that new music discovery, 62% of all, all new music, all new music <laughs> discovery yeah, yeah, yeah. still comes from terrestrial and satellite radio. Oh, okay. So, you want that to be your last place to go. You mm -hmm. want to do all this other stuff to kind of drive 
those folks in the radio land to adopt your record. We used to say that um, if a radio station programmer is learning about your record the first time that you bring it to them, then you haven't done enough in the other areas in order to, mm -hmm. you know, introduce the record and make them want to play it. Right. Because their whole thing is radio station people go, oh, we have to record the radio. Their job, dare I say it, is really not to play music. Their job is to get people to stay glued to that radio station to hear the ads. Mm. That's their job. Make right. money by keeping the, the, the audience numbers up so we can play ads. Mm -hmm. That's how they make their money. They don't make their money by playing music. They make their money by playing ads. Right. The artist makes the money from them playing the music. So exactly. they're cashing out with that. Okay, it's very interesting you frame it like that. Mm. But when we have uh, a situation where their where their where their job is to make sure that people don't turn the channel, all they're trying to do is play stuff that's familiar. Mm -hmm. And this is the reason why, at a certain point, all the music starts to sound alike. It just one song just kind of bleeds into the next, yeah. and everybody, you know, DJ Mustard comes along and the sound works, and everybody starts to mustard, and it's like, oh, yeah. really okay. Yeah. Um, it's only so much 808 seconds. Right, <laughs> exactly. So my, my, my point here is the idea that uh, uh, you want to do all these other things in order to ultimately play the hand of radio, to make them want to play it because it's being played in the club. The video's got a million views. You know, there's a tour. There's, you know, some flyaway contest in Vegas. There's all these other things that have consumers engaged. So by the time the record goes on the radio, they may have heard it already on SoundCloud. Right. They may have already heard it on the video. They may have heard it in, you know, it's a sync in a web series or a movie or, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it pops up in the radio and people go, oh, that's that song by so-and-so. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So when they do their research or when they play the record, people don't turn the channel. Right. You know, so you want to reduce the risk that people are going to turn the channel. Mm -hmm. Right? So introducing the record nowadays, new music nowadays, has to come through all these other ways, but the payoff mm -hmm. comes with the radio airplay, because, mm -hmm. like I said, while there's still 40% of the people who are finding it out through other ways, the big majority of folks is finding out, still finding out about music, new music through radio, so that's my school for today. No, that's, that's cool, man. I'm glad how you broke down the the advertisement and the marketing umbrella and what you got to do in between, so that's on... Uh, on that level, but on you actually obtaining clients, yes. What exactly do you, do you have to have um, in place in order to close a client? Like as far as to sell them your services, you know, having in, in my mind it would be having, um, for example, if you're working with a record label, you got advertisements and advertisement outlets in place. You know, you have the production team in place if you want to shoot a commercial stuff like that. But I know there's more to it than that. So that's what I kind of want to know. So kind of like a brief summary of your business plan. <laughs> okay, so the Ovation Agency is basically a two-person shop, and we have a whole bunch of associates, mm -hmm. right? Um, and uh, the biggest thing about what we do is, um, I may have said this before, your network is your net worth. Right. Right? So, um, that kind of goes back to the top of the conversation. It's like, being in the right rooms, you meet a lot of people, 
the right people, if you would. Mm -hmm. And um, I would also say one of the things that was really kind of important to my development, my network, was um, this massive internship program we had at Hidden Beach. Okay. At one point, we had like 400 international interns. Wow. So there was a whole bunch in different cities around the United States, but we also had interns in Germany and in the UK and France and Japan and Korea. Um, I don't think we had anybody in Africa. We may have had somebody in India. Needless to say, it was the 2000s. We had the internet. We could communicate with everybody. We used to do these group chats and conference calls and things of that nature. And then later on, when and at that time, actually, the program was being run by an educator, a, a woman named uh, Monica Young, who's on, gone on to be a really powerful, one of the primo female music managers, entertainment managers, because she direct, uh, manages some directors now. Um, but when I took over the program in 2012, I started using Google Hangouts and stuff like that to be able to communicate with the interns in the different markets and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, um, you know, we give them projects and all kinds of stuff. Once again, this was the beginning of my whole understanding. I actually like the teaching thing. Mm -hmm. But um, in that process, you meet so many, you know, talented people. Right. Right? So my business partner laughs, uh, uh, you know, she tells everybody, oh, he knows everybody. Mm -hmm. And it really, it comes down to you know, that, that whole thing about six degrees of separation. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm two. <laughs> you know, if I, I call somebody, get to whatever, whatever. So I really, one of the things I say was when you hire us is is you get my quote-unquote Rolodex. The old term, but, you know, my, my contact list. Mm -hmm. I can get to, you know, anybody who I need to get, get, and get in contact with. We're also uh, about strategy and we're not necessarily, I mean, we understand that there are tactics that work um, that are effective, uh, whether it be, you know, email marketing, whether it be, um, you know, uh, loosely digital marketing, whether it's, um, you know, digital ad networks like, you know, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, face, um, and uh, Google AdWords in terms of the nuts and bolts of the advertising. But once again, we try to approach every project um, holistically mm -hmm. and come up with a unique strategy for that particular project. So we'll come up with a marketing program and then put legs on that marketing program and then we'll implement that marketing program and whatever is required to make that particular thing go, mm -hmm. we do bring resources to the table to make that happen. Whether it's a brand partner, whether it's a community organization, whether it's a nonprofit, whether, you know, um, whether it's a team to you know produce a music video, like for example, I've been working with George Clinton, George Clinton's granddaughter's Candy Apple Red. Mm -hmm. They um, um, they identified a director out of Atlanta that they wanted to work with, mm -hmm. and I quickly learned that this guy who basically done rap mostly rap videos, mm -hmm. beautiful work, right, um, needed production support, so. We actually produced the video and pull, from L.A. We put all the resources together, venues, catering, costume, hair, makeup, the whole routine, put that whole thing together, and we, we produced the video on, uh, on behalf of the director. Now, who's going to get all the credit? The director. The director's going to get all the credit. But really, all we care about is 
making the artist look good. Right. Making sure that the money mm -hmm. is spent so it shows up on the screen. Mm -hmm. um, so we're really happy with you know what we were able to do with them. But it's just an example of being able to call in all our resources to be able to give independent artists and independent labels that you know that competitive polish and presentation that's required in order mm -hmm. to be competitive in the marketplace. Right. You know, low tech is good for you know what it's you know what it's supposed to be but when you're ready to graduate mm -hmm. you have to be able to compete visually you have to be able to compete with your campaign you can't just you know cross your fingers and hope it's going to happen you know it requires being able to go into the covers and look at analytics and say why another one of my artists why is this all this messaging we're putting out not connecting with their their audience. Mm -hmm. So you go into the, uh, under the covers and you look at their analytics. You look at who's following them. You look at who's you know their engagement on their their social media content. And you understand. Well, hold on. You're you're messaging. You know, thinking that you're talking to you know twenty two year old you know college students, mm -hmm. females, only to discover that your main audience is forty five year old men. Mm. Well, okay. So we better switch our messaging up in order to either appeal to, appeal to that men. Or figure out a strategy mm -hmm. to target and draw your intended audience into your funnel. Right. Right? And this is what we help, this is what we help you do. So on the PR side, um, just through, I mean, this is what happened. <laughs> this, is, this is when I'm happy to be grown. Okay. Right? Okay. When you can, when you, when, when, when I can be like, oh, yeah, I need to do X, Y, Z. And if I don't know the person, I can call somebody and say, A, B, C, and it'll get done, right? So last, uh, back in, God, it was May. Mm -hmm. um, been working with George Clinton for a couple of years. We first worked with him Grammy week of 2016. Mm -hmm. And um, he, uh, he actually asked us to work with his granddaughters. And... Uh, you know he's seventy eight now. Wow. Yeah. He's yeah. He's 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 seventy eight. He's no longer doing the crazy drugs. I mean everybody does four twenty. So yeah. But uh, it's legal now. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So like what was you know scandalous back in the day? It's kind of like eh. yeah. But yeah. he's such a great guy. I love him to death. I mean just as a person and just see him radiating all this love. He's got all these people around him who love him and work with him. It's, it's a family thing. Yeah. You know. Um. But um, he had to have a pacemaker put in, mm. and um, and that's so commonplace now. So uh, I mean, I guess now when you go to the airport, you have to let them go. The machine yeah, yeah, yeah. will go off. But um, they realize. I mean, you know, Brian, you're 78. Well, at the time, was 77. You know, so he's like, you know, what? It's time for me to pass this torch. So he announces retirement. Mm. So they came to me and said, well, okay, can you handle the press release and getting it placed? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, I was happy to do it, and um, I said, there's a couple of different ways we can do this. I mean, we can put it out on the wire and hope people pick it up, or we could place it with a publication that's exclusive. So, relationship-wise, um, probably now for 18 years, I've been friends on a committee. <laughs> mm -hmm. with go. one of the senior editors at Billboard magazine mm -hmm. and I said hey I'm, I have this story I can give it to you it's exclusive 
but I have a really short window because I need to get, I, I got to put it up on the wire um, the next day. So we worked it out, it went up um, on Billboard, on, on Billboard.com, and within 24 hours, we had over 7 million hits, mm. pickups from yeah. the exclusive, and um, you know, it's now hundreds of millions. That's great to hear, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That, to me, was like a crowning moment in that sphere of what I do as a PR person. Because mm -hmm. people, oh, the publicist. I'm like, I don't ever call myself a publicist. Because yeah. it's just a real narrow slice of how I look at things. Mm -hmm. PR is so important in terms of communicating your messaging. Right. Right? Um, but it can be so powerful um, if it's placed in the right hands, right? Right. So the most important and the most powerful kind of marketing is word of mouth marketing, which I refer to it as viral. Right. So, oh, did you go to viral? Whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, what's at the root of a viral marketing campaign? Word of mouth. Word of mouth. But it's what makes word of mouth so potent. It's the trusted opinion. Mm. You told you told somebody, and they trusted your opinion, and then they say, oh, "Well, oh boy, well let me check it out. Oh, I like it." So then they tell their friends, mm -hmm. and one by one, it sp spreads. Sometimes it spreads virally faster than others. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it goes a little bit slower. But word of mouth is absolutely the most important, fundamental key. We didn't have okay when we launched Hidden Beach in two thousand. Stephen Kiever is fond of saying. We launched the entire company on the budget that major label would spend on one A-list artist. Okay. So we didn't have but two nickels to rub together. <laughs> so we were we had to run a word of mouth campaign. Right, right, right. We had to be like, okay, you know, how are you gonna tap your network? How are you gonna tap your network? How are you gonna tap your network? How are we gonna build out of that? Mm -hmm. And we really had to look at it strategically. For how we were going to tap niche audiences. Right. Okay, we're going to target this niche audience because this niche niche audience. And so then when you aggregate all that, then you have a fan base. Right. I remember we did a concert video in uh, for Jill Scott at the Tower Theater in Philadelphia. And um, I stood in the back of the room with my mouth on the floor because how diverse the audience was. Mm -hmm. Because we had tapped all the various subgroups that would that this music that we thought this music would appeal to and yeah. they came out to see the show so mm -hmm. you saw grandmothers you saw butch lesbians you saw <laughs> you saw uh you know uh, divas and dons you saw the poetry set the neo soul crew whatever yeah. everybody was just like sitting there in rapture watching just i was like wow this was amazing it wow. was really amazing and so it kind of reinforced for me that that while there might be faster ways and more contemporary ways, if you anchor what you're marketing in in driving word of mouth, then you'll have a successful campaign ultimately. You just have to give it time. Most labels aren't willing to give it time. It used to be 120 days, they were out, in and out. Mm. You know, Jill, they started really working Jill in, in the spring of 99 when she went out on tour with um, The Roots, because mm -hmm. Erica Badu had sung the hook on the song that she wrote, You Got Me, yeah. with uh, The Roots. Roots yeah. And so she was out with them in the spring of 99. Her record didn't come out until the summer of 2000. So really was like a really long, that whole Who Is Jill Scott campaign was really a year and 
you know, half um, before the record was dropped. And at that point, that was the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, she was there she is. There. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's who she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so it's really a, a, a point that I'm proud of. But, you know, it was funny. I was recently looking into some other opportunities and, you know, things, and I, and I decided to update my LinkedIn profile. Mm. And so for each one of my um, jobs, mm -hmm. before uh, ultimately getting to Hidden Beach, I was like, okay, let me put some videos uh, with my profile associated with that period of my career. Right. And as I was doing that, I was just like, oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, mm. and even me, I mean, I was there. Yeah, but you remember, sometimes when you're in it, you're just doing it. Right, 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 exactly. You know, you're not, you're not thinking, oh, I'm, this is going to lead me to this, and this is going to lead me to that. And, uh, you're just doing it. And I've always done it for the passion, for the love of the music. That's why I continue to do it to this day. That's the, um, you know, why I'm fortunate enough to, to you know, have that credibility. Yeah. You know? People, you know, I, I remember it was a time, like, one of the things we do is video promotion, mm -hmm. right? Um, now, I will say that uh, the video uh, universe has shifted dramatically. Many of the people who actually were in the video are now into the streaming services. <laughs> wow. Yeah, all those people who were programming videos at VH1 and BET and and and, and, uh, and VH1, BET, and um, MTV, mm -hmm. they're all like at YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. Yeah, that makes like that. sense. Yeah, yeah it's, same business. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's cool to be able to you know deliver a video. Having a sense of what like the video programmers like. Mm -hmm. Being able to deliver the video and ultimately having it air because it gives you a, a, the next level of of entree to the business. Mm -hmm. Whether we, whether you're a believer in streaming, I mean, you have to be because it's the dominant, you know, con consumption at least on the catalog side, um, and for big A-list records, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's so important. You know, you need to be able to bring some a mix of Bleeding edge and traditional techniques into your marketing plan in order to be able to create the profile that you want. Right. So, for example, there's a young lady now. Um, she, uh, uh, I just started working with her. Her name's Porcelain. Mm -hmm. She's from Memphis, a company called Made in Memphis Entertainment. Mm -hmm. And the 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 guy who started the company is actually one of the songwriters from the old Stax records back in the day. Okay. Uh, obviously out of Memphis and um, so there's a you know a bit of you know legacy coming you know mm -hmm. forward in uh, with this artist but she's got this great song called Lois Lane and then did this really dramatic video with Eric White uh, directing and stuff and and when I uh, and I was brought into a project by this guy um, you know LA native uh, Marv Mack Mm -hmm. And he's got a company called Top Notch uh, Promotions and Marketing. Mm -hmm. And he asked me to come in and do an industry awareness campaign. Of course, they just cracked the top, the top 20 mm -hmm. on the single. And I'm like, it feels good because here's some people who understand that you got to push all the right buttons to get where you need to go. Right. You know, sometimes people are, think they can cut corners, but there are no cutting corners. You know, there's really no cutting corners. And, you know, um, 
it's you know we've heard that adage about it's not necessarily who you know but who knows you mm -hmm. so you, it's constantly about tapping different people's networks and expanding the the, the, the conversation and introducing the record to another audience, another audience, another audience, another audience. And it seems like it kind of, you know, may happen, you know, all at once, but it really doesn't happen all at once. Mm. It's really strategizing how you're going to uh, connect these different these different uh, sub-audiences that can maybe they can be leveraged into the next thing, can be leveraged into the next thing. Mm. So we're, um, we're going to do a big, you know, mixer with her, in a couple of weeks out here, you're absolutely invited to come. I'll, I'll be you'll, there. You'll enjoy Just it. Let me know. The right here in downtown LA. You can walk oh, there from here. That's all I needed to yeah. hear. I hate driving. Yeah, I hate traffic. Me too. I've become a lift guy. This the, the, mm -hmm. the traffic here rattles my nerves. Right. You know, right. more than New York. I, I know that's hard to believe, but it's more than New York. Well, I was fortunate enough not to be able to drive in New York. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was yeah, young, so yeah, young, so yeah. And plus I took public transportation, so yeah. well, mainly the train, which is the fastest sure, train of transportation. Absolutely. So yeah, I wasn't driving until I got to Florida, where everything is pretty much chill. And yeah, it's only like rush hour traffic for like an hour and a half, so it wasn't too bad. Everything was nearby, so yeah. When I got here, I experienced that freeway. I was like. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I had so to leave two hours early to get there. <laughs> exactly. Time. To get there ten minutes late. <laughs> exactly. To get there ten minutes late, and then and then and then have your nerves rattle. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That was a a, a a rude awakening here, and it's been that way. It's been that way since I moved here. Almost, well, the first time almost thirty years ago. Hmm. Wow, that's so, crazy. 